1: You're going to be able to call up a car company and go, hey, it's Al, my 2025 whatever, I, I I broke the key, I lost the key, I locked the key out of the car. Open the door and start the engine for me. You can see it coming. Computer, this is The Car Doctors.
2: Destruct sequence 1, code 1, 1A. One
0: one 1A verified and correct.
1: All mechanics have to have their tools with them at all times. I carry my man bag as we call it. Alright, it's a little black purse, little black satchel, it's a shoulder bag. It's got everything in it. I've got a jump box in it. I've got some I've got a Leatherman in it, a Leatherman wave, I've got a couple of flashlights, Swiss Army knife, and a roll of electrical tape. Start your engines. Hello and welcome. Ron and Indian, the car doctor here at the helm at 855-560-9900. Here to take your calls and answer your questions. Naturally, Ronananian.com. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, is it Ronananian.com? No, actually, it's cardoctorshow.com. Uh, for the webpage, and um, uh, you can get out there and visit us at Ronanini and the Car Doctor out on Facebook as well. And uh, keep in mind, 855-560-9900 is 24-7. You can call, leave a message. Tom Ray, the executive producer here, will uh, call you and hook you up in the live queue. Let's get over to the phones. They're already busy and backed up. Jerry from Omaha, you're on with a 15 Kia Sorento. Ronanini and at your service, sir. How can I help?
0: Uh, Yes, I had a question, and the vehicle just started it. And uh, what it is... When I first start the engine up, it takes a little while for the oil to get up. It makes a kind of clattering noise.
1: Okay. Um,
0: and I'm just wondering if you run into any problems like that.
1: I have, and the, and the biggest one has been, as a matter of fact, uh, Kia in recent years has come out with more than a few bulletins talking about this because they're finding that filter manufacturers are not matching or meeting their spec. Do you know, you know who's doing the oil changes, Kia or an outside source?
0: No, I'm doing it myself and what I did, I've been using Kia filters, but I did put a Purulator one in there. And I had 700 miles on it. I took it out and changed oil and it's still doing it. I okay. hope I didn't screw anything up.
1: Right, was it was it after you did the Purulator that the problem happened? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, I don't want to point towards it, but I, I can give you the bulletin number if you'd like to read it. I know it's rather oh, lengthy. Okay. and it's, 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 a, it's, it's an older bulletin, but I believe it applies to everything going forward as well. The one I'm aware of is was dated February of 2012. And I believe the bulletin number was one fourteen at the time. There were two revisions of it, but I understand there's a third and a fourth revision. But it talks in detail about issues with aftermarket oil filters, oil viscosity, and things like that, which is obviously very important when you're when you're dealing with a vehicle today. Um, uh, but that would be my thought. Is it is it every time, Jerry? Is it you know if if you if if well, yeah,
0: you know, what happens is when you leave it set for overnight. Then it does when you start up in the morning, but uh, when you've been running it for a while, let's say you let it set for maybe two hours, it'll make a little noise. It's draining back through the filter.
1: Yeah, that's what it sounds like to me. It it, it sounds like it's draining back through the filter, and um, either a filter check valve is is a miss, but now you're. And it only started after the Purilator filter, but I can't understand. I can't understand why using a, a wrong filter one time would create that clatter. You would think that if it was filter-related by screwing another filter on, the issue should go away. Um, I'm wondering if somehow, you know, is there a problem with the pressure relief for the pump, but then you would think it would only just be a matter of too much pressure. It would be the opposite. Um mm-hmm. So what I would suggest is perhaps what you've got to do is get your, you know, have your mechanic, you know, get a, get a mechanical gauge on the port where the switch is located, and when it starts, how long before the car builds oil pressure, even with a Kia filter on it. You know, oh, let's, okay. let, let's start with a plain old-fashioned mechanical test and, and and see, you know, mechanical pressure is as mechanical pressure does. It's got to have mechanical pressure the minute your finger leaves the key. You know, and the car catches, and it starts running. And, yeah, you know, and
0: I've noticed that on the Internet. I've tried to read up on it a little bit. And there's quite a few people that have had their problem. Yeah. Um, and it just rains back down, and it pertains to the 2014 and 2015 V6s. I got a 3.3 liter on
1: Right, right. But, you know, I guess
0: I could take it into the mechanic and have him check the pressure. And stuff.
1: Yeah, I would. I would want to do a little more, you know, investigative diagnosis before we just ah let's just drive it and wait till it blows up. Because one thing I can tell you, low oil pressure, it will blow up. Um, you know, it's not. Oh, it's it's yeah, it's not. Well, ver- it's uh, not okay. very forgiving. Um, it's 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 not very forgiving. Um,
0: yeah, it's, You know, after it runs, you know, for quite a while, it's okay. Right. there no problem the oil light doesn't stay on or anything
1: right um, Have you tried it
0: a p- little bit one after it's been shut off for a little bit but that's about it let
1: me let me ask you let me ask you or let me make one other strange comment is it possible where are you buying your Kia filters from from the Kia dealer Yes okay
0: I was just you know I' what I did I had I used mostly Kia filters and I had uh, one I had from advanced Auto. And I use that, and then now I change oil and I switch back to the original Kia filter because I had a spare one here. Right, and it's still doing it. Okay, um, but I'm wondering if it just a uh, like I said, maybe pressure or something. But I don't know. It's I wish they would never use filters that are on the engine instead of being you know upside down.
1: Right. Yeah, and I don't I, know
0: other people. I think other people have had the problem, but.
1: You know, just as an aside, and I don't know if this will work because I don't know if you have a mechanical condition other than, you know, I don't know if you have a mechanical condition in the engine. So, so, you know, when I'm faced with this problem in the shop, if I'm using brand A filter of known good type, quantity, and quality, and I want to, you know, is it – I'll switch to a brand B that, you know, not necessarily in quality but just a different manufacturer of a filter – does it make a difference? Because the chances of two, quote-unquote, name-brand filters being an issue are pretty remote. And sometimes it's a very inexpensive test. It's a very simple thing. You know, take off the take off the name brand A and put on the name brand B. What does that do? Does it make the problem go away? Does it change the problem? You know, why don't yeah. you go down to the local auto parts store, buy a Wix, get a Wix filter, great oil filter. We all know that, WixFilters.com. Put a Wix well, filter you know what? Around. I've
0: noticed. I've noticed on the Kia's thing, they only recommend to use only Kia filters. Well, I guess.
1: you know why? Because they're Kia. Um,
0: <laughs> well, yeah, but you, you know. they said something with the, the medium in the filter.
1: Right. Well, and I understand that, but that's why. And and when I talk about when I talk about when we talk about Wix filters, listen, I've been using Wix filters. I, I don't want to tell you how long because I'm that old, um, you know, better part of probably 40 years. And when we talk about Wix, you know, first of all, understand, filters, there is no Kia filter company. There is no Fram filter company. Maybe there is. I'm not sure I can really say that. But the idea becomes that there are generally, um, there are multiple filter lines with less filter manufacturers. So if you're a mm-hmm. if, if, if Kia, you might go to Wix filter and say, here, make me this filter to this specification, slap my label on it. If you're a you might go to Wix and say, make me this filter and slap my label on it. Everybody has it built to spec at one of three or four factories that are left in the country or the world at this you point. Know, because,
0: uh, ours yeah. are made in uh, Korea. Right. And, in a, even with a Fram filter, it's made in Korea. Right. And, and so is a later.
1: And, and to my knowledge, you know, uh, Wix is one of those manufacturing companies. They're still manufacturing for the greater majority of filters that are out there. So, you know, one of the things I can tell you about Wix is I've, I've always gotten a reasonable explanation if one didn't work, and that didn't happen too often. Um, uh-huh. really, I can't really think about it in recent memory, but uh you know, Wix is my fallback. If someone comes in if we were at the shop and you said Ron, I want you to use a Kia filter and I did and we had a valve tap, part of my remedy would be, Jerry, let me put a Wix on it. Let me see what that does, because I've got faith in the Wix okay. as a filter. So I can
0: try that. Try that. It's cheap I enough. Use Valvoline 5W30, is that what I can
1: Is that what they call for? Is that the spec? Uh
0: the specs, no.
1: What's the spec for you can the oil? Use
0: any oil. Well, but there's got to uh, there's there's certain specifications which Valvoline does.
1: Well, but there's got to be a spec for the oil. There's got to be a viscosity specification.
0: Well, that I don't. It it gives it on the deal, but right, I don't have it.
1: Why don't we Why don't we make sure? Just make sure you're using the right type, rated grade, and viscosity of oil, because that's a whole other okay, part of the well, conversation.
0: Okay, well I do because I I've got it. It's. Uh, it's in the Kia book, okay. and the Valvoline oil says exactly the same
1: thing. Okay, as long as it meets spec, that's all I'm asking for. Oh,
0: uh, yeah, it does.
1: Okay, and then if it and then once you get past that, and if it still doesn't work, then let's get the pressure mechanically tested. Let's see where oil pressure is, and then we can talk further after that. Jerry, keep me posted, and uh, we'll be glad to help you out any way we what's can. A, I'm running any. Kia. What's an a My Oh no. My Kia my Kia. It came back. I'm Ron Ananey and the car doctor. So will I right after this.
2: Write it on the wall so you don't forget to call for car advice done right. 855-560-9900.
1: Now, back to Ron. Hey, let's get on over and talk to Dana up in Bangor, Maine, 12 Ford Escape, and it's got a little bit of a hitching problem. Dana, welcome to the car, doctor. How can I help?
3: Yes, when I'm going 20 or 25 miles an hour up a small hill, I got a slight hitch in the vehicle. It doesn't do it any other time.
0: You know, uh, what,
1: what engine is this, Dana, the six or the, or the four-cylinder? Six. Okay. Any Any dashboard lights on of any kind? No. How many How many miles are on this car?
3: Hundred and fifteen thousand.
1: All right. What sort of maintenance has it had?
3: Uh, I just bought it a year ago. I haven't had to do any maintenance to it. Okay. Actually, unrelated. At other times, the uh, the uh, engine light has come on, and um, they reset the put the computer on it and reset it.
1: Okay. Do we know what? And they co-
3: said there might be a a fuel a fuel line leak. Air.
1: Uh, yeah. That's no. Yeah, that's no that that that's no code number. Any idea what the code number was? Was it lean? Did they say anything like a P one seven one or a one seven four or something like that?
3: No, they didn't.
1: Okay. Um. You ever you ever you ever get sick in your life, Dana? You you've been no. sick right? You've had no no head colds, no sore throats, no earaches.
3: Well, I guess so. Yeah. yeah.
1: Okay. You ever get one on a Wednesday? Yeah. Okay. What What do you feel like on Monday? You sort of feel like the cold's coming, but it's not quite there yet.
3: Right? Yeah.
1: You ever get one of those where you sort of feel like crud, you feel like crud on Monday and Tuesday, and for some reason it just never shows up? You just feel sick for a week, and then it just disappears before it gets full blown. Yeah. All right. Cars are kind of the same way. All right. So you know mm-hmm. there there could be something pending in that vehicle computer. Uh, hey, I'm getting sick code. All right. But it, it's not flashing on the dashboard light, all right? Because it, it just it hasn't become a full-blown cold yet, all right? So, all right. you know, and I've got a couple ideas what's wrong with this car, but th- the first thing I'm going to tell you to do is take it to a competent mechanic that does more than just, that. Ah, don't worry about it, clear the code and drive it, all right? I mean, unless you're, unless you're are you walking into the mechanic and saying, hey, I don't want to spend any money, just clear the light? I don't think so. I think, I think you probably have a legitimate concern. You're calling me. You're looking for information, correct? Right. So you want to take care of the car. So I, I think you've right. got to take it to somebody that's going to actually try and diagnose it, and the first step is, what codes does it have? Write or print everything out so that it's in history, and you have a copy of it to refer to, and then begin the diagnosis. Now. If it's a lean running code, and I'm making that assumption based on what you said about they, they talked about the fuel line, that's generally how guys explain, hey, it's running lean, um, you know, we're gonna start to think about, you know, why is it running lean? And is it still running lean? All right? A lean mixture, a lean mixture by itself you ever have a fire in the fireplace? Sure you did. You're in Bangor, Maine, for gosh sakes. In January, February, you probably live by the fireplace. You ever get a fire in the fireplace right. where you start, right? You start you start fanning the wood, and the wood starts popping and missing, and, you know, it sounds like a little bit of fireworks in the fireplace because you got the fire burning so hot. It's got so much oxygen in it. You're kind of pumping it up, and let me get the fire hotter, right? Pop, snap, crackle, okay? A car does the same thing. It's an imbalanced mixture, just like the the logs in that fireplace. And it, it's actually a lean misfire in that sense, and the car could shudder, the car could shake. Maybe it's happening right at 20, 25 miles an hour for whatever reason, the load that it's under. Um, you know, we could guess all afternoon, but the point becomes that if you've already got a check engine light coming on that's been cleared but not resolved, the first question becomes, what other codes are in there now? How lean or rich is the fuel system running? Is it running balanced? And, you know, is, is there a potential for something else? What I'm thinking about is do you have a carbon deposits? Because carbon deposits on a six or seven year old vehicle, hundred and fifteen thousand miles, not out of the realm. You know, definitely possible. Could you have could you have ignition misfires going on? All right? V six Ford, hundred and fifteen thousand miles, you're in a you're in a tough environment, six months out of the year, the cold weather up in Maine, it's dewy, it's damp, it's wet, it's rainy, right? Or am I crazy?
3: No, that's right.
1: Right, you know? Um, what kind of shape are the ignition coils in, the coil boots? Uh, you know, we, we see. I'll tell you what, there's something about Ford. Fords are kind of like a three-year-old not wanting to go to bed when when it comes to setting misfire codes. They are so stubborn. You know, they want to stay up and see, you know, the wonderful world of Disney on Sunday night at 7 o'clock. They don't understand this. And they will resist turning on that check engine light, but they will start to go into things like famem. The, the, the short technical explanation of FEMEM is failure mode effects management. What Ford will do is they'll actually start to shut down an injector or shut down a coil, depending upon your make and model, and, and, and make it so that they don't run that cylinder anymore to pre- prevent the catalytic converter from having a failure. But they don't want that check engine light to come on because they don't want you to be upset that, hey, my Ford broke. <laughs> um, so got to get it scanned. Got to look at fuel trim, got to look at some mechanical basics. Think about maybe pulling plugs and you know, how bad or good or bad worn are the spark plugs. Maybe we need some plugs in this car as a starting point. Call me back next week, we can talk further. I appreciate it, Dana. You take good care. I'm Ron Amy, the car doctor. We'll be back right after this. Back, Ron, and Andy, the car doctor here at eight five 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 six zero nine nine zero zero. Let's go over and talk to Ed in the Bronx. I should say that the Bronx, thirteen Chevy Impala, and uh, some emissions issues. Ed, welcome to the Car Doctor, sir. How can I help?
2: Hi, hey Ron. It's a pleasure to talk to you. I've Been listening since 2000, first Thank on you. air, and now on on podcast.
1: Thank you, sir. What's uh, going on? It's
2: a two thousand thirteen Impala. It's my brother in law's car. It was uh, it's certified pre owned. He bought it about two. Two and a half years ago, had thirty-six thousand miles on it. Now it's got about forty thousand miles on it. Okay. About a year. About a year after he bought it, he became ill, so he couldn't drive it. But they wanted to keep the car, <clears throat> so I would take it out every week or ten days just to you know drive it, keep yeah. it running. Yeah. Um, it, over the in the beginning of the winter, it just died. The battery just didn't hold anymore. Um, so it was it stayed in the driveway the whole winter with a dead battery. Late in the spring, we had it tow to a mechanic. Put a battery in it. It had a code which now I don't recall. But he put a a purge valve in it.
1: Okay, P zero four nine six. maybe a P zero four nine six.
2: It it could have been. I really don't know. Ron. Okay, but the, the the purge valve went in. The code was cleared. <clears throat> he said just drive it around for a while so it'll you know it'll get its memory back. Yeah,
1: re- well, it'll reset uh, itself for inspection. Right.
2: Right. Right. Exactly. That was the issue because it had to be re- inspected also. Um, did that for about 10 days in all sorts of conditions. Wrote it, short trip, long trip, uh, <clears throat> you know, air conditioner off, speed control off, uh, weird defrost on. He was giving me all sorts of th- all sorts of things to do. Right. For 10 days, we were doing it, bringing it back to him, wouldn't pass. So we said, I, I think you need to have this reflashed, bring it to the dealer. So we called the dealer first. He goes, I'm not going to waste your money reflashing it. will not do it. So we brought it to another mechanic who was also an on-air mechanic like herself. Um, first thing he did was run the VIN. It came up on a five-page service bulletin, which explained this exact condition. So he kept the car for five, uh, for about 10 days, performed that service twice, and drove it around for himself for five days. Could not get it to clear. Uh, he said, bring it back in a month, and we'll we'll go from there. So it's been about two weeks since that. I've been, I've driven it a total of about 1,500 miles, and I, it still says not ready. So we're kind of stymied as to what's going on with this thing. Okay, so... If I record...
1: Go ahead. Go ahead. Finish, go ahead, finish up, Ed. I'm sorry.
2: What, what I think, the mechanic said it goes up to a certain point, it clears a, f- a few points, and then the last part of it doesn't clear or something. I don't know if I've got that right. Okay, if, so... If so up to a certain point.
1: Let me, let me start like this. Um I, I guess from I'm, – I'm taking from your conversation to me, we're talking about it's not passing evaporative emissions monitor. Did anybody say that? Does that ring a bell? Yes. All right. Yes. So, you know, a, a, little, a little background. Typical car today has six or eight basic tests that it has to run to completion, all right, every time you operate the vehicle. And the best example I can give, and I talk about myself, I took every chemistry test in high school. I completed every test. I didn't pass every test, but I completed every test. All right? Mm -hmm. Chemistry was my bugaboo. All right? Cars are no different. They have to run the test in those six or eight different categories, misfire, comprehensive component, evaporative emissions, uh, O2 sensor, O2 sensor heater. They have to run them to completion. If they run that test to completion, and it passes, the flag marks pass. It drops, boop, that way. If they run the test to completion and it sees a problem in that particular area, boop, the flag drops the other way and turns on the check engine light in in, in the simplest of terms, all right? So it sounds like you're not getting all the monitors, you're not getting all the tests to run to completion. Do you know which ones they are? Because that affects the answer I would give you.
2: (laughs) No, he... He didn't say. Um, oh, I know, the first mechanic I went to said, "It's passing up to up to the last, you know, up to the last point or something." You know, right. So, so I know I know that's not helpful to you, but it's passing a bunch of tests, but it's not passing the last one or something.
1: Right. And so it's it's so. passing. It's it. You know, if there's eight, if there's eight monitors, if there's eight self tests that it has to pass, it sounds like mm-hmm. he's saying it's passing um, six of them, but not the last two, or seven of them, not the last one.
2: Right, that's the impression I got. And, from me, And,
1: and it, it depends on which one didn't pass. Now, if it's evaporative emissions, which is related to the purge valve, and I'm, so I'm making an assumption here. My first question is when you're running the monitor. But I would, I, and I think I know the other mechanic you're talking about, and he's he's he's, he's no dope. He's a smart guy. Um, I know who you mean. Uh, you know, I would I would I would assume if it's evap, everybody's aware that evap monitor will not run on most vehicles, more than three quarters of a tank, less than a quarter tank of fuel.
2: Right, right. You know, we 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 did do that, yeah.
1: So so we're we're running this somewhere in the middle of the road, right? Half a tank, two thirds of a tank, right. that kind of thing. Okay.
2: Right. I gave it I gave it to him with three quarters of a tank and he gave it back to me with a quarter of a tank. Okay. Um, you know, he ran it himself for, for like 10 days. Gotcha. Yeah,
1: so then the next thing I would want to do is, has he mentioned anything about Mode 6 to you? No. All right. So Mode 6, you ever wonder how a computer knows when to set a code?
2: Yeah.
1: It's, it's running mm-hmm. tests all the time. All right? It's, it's like in high school. Man, those test kits keep coming. I can't believe it. And <laughs> you're like, God, i got to get out of here. I want to go back to lunch. So, you know, it, it's running It's running tests. Basically, the computer is checking its individual circuits, systems, and sensors, and it's recording them. And it records them in the area of its memory called, we refer to it as Mode 6. I'm sure the engineers call it something else. And there are scan tools and there are methods that will allow you to go into Mode 6 and, you know, look at the EVAP section. All right, if the EVAP monitor is not running, for example, for conversation's sake, there's seven different tests of Mode 6 in the EVAP emission section. What are those seven tests doing? Because I guarantee you, if it's the EVAP emission monitor not running to completion, one of those tests might be holding it up. Now, it could also be, and again, now I'm assuming because we don't really know what monitor we're chasing, it could also be the O2 sensor heater circuit isn't working properly, and until the car sees an O2 heater work, it may not set the EVAP monitor to completion. So the point becomes, and your takeaway from this is, go back to the mechanic, you know, the, the, the other guy, the, the second guy, and All ask right. him, and I'm sure he does, does he have a scan tool that will read mode 6? And, and can he go in and look at the self-test language and say, hey, you know, which who, who, who's the bad egg in the bunch here? All right? All right? This is just like high school. Again, remember in high school they took the class average, and that's how they graded on the curve? Right, right. Well, somebody in the back room is cheating, and they're screwing up the curve. They're kind of throwing it off. They're throwing it off. All right, okay. and, and and computers are very judgmental. They won't let anything happen until everybody's playing at the same level and doing their job, all right?
2: So, Ron, assuming he goes in with Mode 6 and finds out what the problem is, uh, is there a cure for that? Sure, absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Okay. It's, just, it's just we don't know why it hasn't run the monitor yet. Now we have to go and look at this as, okay, it won't run a self-test. Uh, by your own admission, you can't tell me, and I'm not blaming you, I'm just saying, you know, uh, if you could tell me, hey, Ron, it won't run the EVAP monitor. Okay, let's talk about this. It won't run the O2 monitor. Okay, let's talk about that. You know, it would help to know what those six or eight different tests are, and once we know that and we know which one's not running, then we could go into Mode 6 and look at, you know, misfire section or EVAP section or O2 section. In 2013, Mode 6 has gotten to be very good. It's it's It's... it's It's very much a roadmap. When we first started fooling around with Mode 6's mechanics back in the early 2000s, 2002, 2003, 2004, it was a very long-winded, like this monologue is, conversation of engine diagnostics. So 2013, it's it's very easy. Uh, It's much easier um, to look at. So go back, talk to him. I know who you're talking about. He's a good guy. He'll figure it out. But mention Mode 6 to him. Sometimes everybody needs a little bit of a jump start, myself included. See what that does for you. And call me back next week if you need more. All right, sir? You're very welcome, Ed. You take good care. I'm Ron in the car doctor. We are back right after this. Don't go away.
2: For the best in car advice, give Ron a call, 855-560-9900. Now, back to Ron.
1: Hey, let's get over and talk to Joe in North Carolina, 13 Buick Regal. Joe, welcome to the car, doctor. How can I help?
4: Hey, thank you very much. Good I sure. uh, really enjoy your show for yeah. quite a long time. Thank you, sir. Listen, I've got a, I've got a 13 Buick Regal Turbo. Okay. Love the car. Cool car. Yeah, neat it's car. Starting, so it's starting to give me a little bit of grief here, um, The radio, the other day I plugged in my uh, pen drive and also my iPhone, and I usually toggle back and forth to radios or whatever. And I got in the car after rehearsal one night, and nothing came out. And I was like, okay, something's wrong here. Uh, The dashboard lit up, the GPS lit up, but I had no audio at all. So I started AM, FM, all the rest of it, nothing well, I took it home. I figured, okay, it could be a fuse, so I popped out the fuse on that, put it back in, and the radio, was, there was no data on the screen at that point. Um, I was concerned. I started looking things up, and uh, I went to GM, dropped the car off over there, and they said, oh, well, it's going to be a uh, amplifier is your problem, and it needs to be reprogrammed. Well, I got the car back. And the screen is now lit up again, but I still have no audio. Did they
1: what did they do? did they talk anything about the uh, seven or eight bulletins that are out there? To talk about? Uh, I guess not. Probably. By your reaction, um, no. there's there's more than a few bulletins out there. Um, there's one that I believe it's it's 1086a. Well, I know it is 1086e, but I think it started out as 1086a. So there's like six generations of that. That talk specifically about um, uh, uh, you know unexpected loss of radio audio, no sound, uh, Bluetooth issues, starting. I mean the, the most recent one E, I believe it's uh, PI, which is uh, let's see PI 86 E, and I I know it is eighty six. I've seen it as far back as eighty six A. There's there's research documents and other things internal in GM talking about issues with and as a result of software and the components themselves. Um, did they talk to you about any of that?
4: No. Not really. Okay. We, we haven't had a, a deep conversation about this, only because this is another recurrence, and it's getting me annoyed with this car now. But right. What can they tell you?
1: Well, you know what? It's not the car's fault at this point. Now it's the mechanic's fault. He's got to communicate to you you know what's really going on here go back and tell them to look at tell them to look at gm internal i'll give you two document numbers it's either gm internal document number and this is in reference in the gm database 3456790 and that'll bring them to that'll bring them to pi086 edward and it talks about unexpected loss of radio audio dated May of 2013. And it goes on to explain different procedures and different methods of what to look for and how to resolve. But, you know, I always look at software. I always look at bulletins. There are more than six, maybe seven bulletins that I'm aware of at the top of my head regarding loss of audio on those particular cars. And that's where I would look first before I looked anywhere else. All right? So you go do that. Call yeah. me back next week. Let me know what they say and we can talk further about it. Good luck to okay, you, Jay.
4: Well,
1: you're very welcome, very sir. Well. Keep, keep me posted. Yes, sir. Um, 855-560-9900. Ron and Andy and the car doctor coming back right after this. Hey, Ron and, Andy and the car doctor. Let's kind of wind it out here with Phil in Detroit 07 Pontiac Grand Prix. Phil, welcome to the car doctor, sir. What do you got real quick?
3: Uh three eight bron uh,
0: Pontiac grand Prix oh uh, seven hundred seventy five thousand miles rear exhaust manifold to the catalytic converter pipe flex joint in there has cracked okay now I'm looking online I see there's an aftermarket repair kit Have you had any experience with these things
1: yeah and I, I'll tell you what bill that's only as good as that's only as good as the guy welding it all right, and it also depends on how clean that pipe is, and I'm sure it's your car, so it's probably pretty spotless. I'm sure it's not out in all kinds of terrible weather, or is it? Um, you know, it, 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 it. if you can get the pipe down, scrub everything, and clean it, if you could weld it off the vehicle, it would be wonderful. It would be a lot better for you. Um, as long as the guy welding it can do a decent job, there are multiple resources out there, and I would probably look a little bit beyond the normal automotive parts house Type of joint coupling repair. I would probably talk to maybe some of the guys in the exhaust specialty shops, as well as some of the other places. Here's the downside. Here's what you have to think about. All right. Um, how many miles are on the car?
4: One seventy-five.
1: Okay. So, at what point, And I'm not saying it'll happen tomorrow. But the, the the only thing I always explain to everybody is in the shop is if we fix the flex coupling. All right. If we if you were to fix that, you know, for the effort and work that you go through to do that, what would you do in three months if the you know, it set the dreaded P042430 CAT code, <laughs> right? I
4: hear you. And,
1: and now what yep. do you do? Um, yeah. The other thing you got to think about is, and I know how much you love this car, all right? It's an 07 Pontiac. Uh, you know, if you could still get an OE CAT out of GM today. I can. Yep, and, I can. And, and you can't in three months for some reason. Yeah. You know?
4: That's my concern.
1: Right. You're, you're going to feel terrible. So I, I think the answer becomes yes, you can get a flex coupling to go on there. And it'll work, but it doesn't resolve or take care of the other potential issue. So, you know, at one seventy five that car's still got a ways to go with the maintenance, I'm sure you're giving it. You know, how much is the cat out of GM? Seven, eight hundred bucks, a thousand bucks? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, about, you know, about eight hundred. Right, eight hundred bucks. So let's buy the right. flex coupling kit. What's that? two fifty? No,
0: actually, it's only like 50 bucks, Ron. It's out of Minnesota. But I don't know if it's made in China. You know, I don't know what I'm Well,
1: right. And then you've still got to get it welded. Maybe you're going to weld it yourself. You've got to weld it, take it on, take it off. And, you know, like I said, three months later, the cat code, the, the infamous cat code comes off. You know, it's it's what do you do? It's sort of like you know what? Always think of a repair as a system. And I know you know this, but for everyone else, always think of a repair as a system. You're working on the exhaust system. You're going to take that down, fix the flex coupling. You get a cat coat, forewarned is forearmed. You put a cat on it. You've eliminated the problem. And you've saved yourself some future grief and aggravation, and to continue enjoy driving that car. Bill, I appreciate the call. I'm Ron Anani, the Car Doctor. Till the next time, good mechanics aren't expensive. They're priceless. See ya.